Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host, a beggar named Brad, and I found the bread of life, the Messiah Yeshua of Nazareth. I hope to reveal this bread to other hungry souls that they may experience the wonders of his works. This episode, Signs. Shout out to Sacramento, California's hometown heroes, Tesla. For the title to this episode, Tesla has kind of a bluesy rock sound. They've been around since 1984 and still tour today. They took a break in 1996 due to some drug struggles with their guitarist and other matters going on. They reunited in 2000 and haven't looked back. Their 1990 hit single, Signs, is actually a cover of an original song by the five-man electric band out of Canada. They were formed in the early 60s and initially called themselves the Staccatos. They had a few hits, and they released an album in 1968 titled Five-Man Electric Band and subsequently changed the band name to that album title. They topped the Canadian charts with a few hits, including Signs. And I think with the exchange rate, like a top 10 song on a Canadian chart is maybe like a top 200 song on an American chart. That's something like that. Another point of interest regarding Tesla, apparently billionaire Elon Musk is a big fan of the band, so much so that he named his electric car company after them. He really likes that song, Modern Day Cowboy, from what I understand. Okay, it's, it, well, it's either that or he named it after the scientist, Nikola Tesla. Huh. Yeah, that might be it. Huh. Either way, you choose, you decide. Perhaps we will never know for sure. One thing we do know, this podcast isn't about the music or the magnetic flux density. It's about the message, signs. Something I've contended with in my own faith, and I don't believe I'm alone in this, is why don't we see many of the signs, wonders, and miracles we read about in the scriptures? From the parting of the Red Sea and the Jordan River to instant healings, hearing the voice of El Elyon, the Most High, people raised from the dead, and other incredible works at the hand of Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God. There are reports of miracles, certainly, present day. I have witnessed events that I would absolutely describe as miraculous, as have other people I know, and there are reports, certainly outside of my circle of influence, of people uh, witnessing or experiencing what they would describe as miraculous. Then there are certainly individuals and ministries who counterfeit and fabricate these signs or works, and they do so for money. God have mercy. When we read the scriptures, it appears that these types of divine intervention occurred more often And it seems in most cases, in a lot of the cases, there was no real ambiguity. It wasn't like, well, maybe that was a miracle, but uh, you never know. No, there were uh, simply some no doubt, no question miracles of the Holy One, blessed be he, recorded throughout the scriptures and other historical writings. 
So where are they today? Why do we not see these things as often today? Why don't we see them? Why don't we get an audible voice to affirm things in our lives or to speak to us? So I want to look at some of the common explanations to consider and perhaps add one additional thought that I believe rarely gets factored into the equation. The first explanation of not seeing signs, wonders, and miracles, or even displays of the gifts of the Spirit described in 1 Corinthians 12 is that these things were for a specific time in history, and that time has expired. Uh, Some passages of Scripture that are used to support this doctrine are John chapter 12, verses 35 and 36. Therefore, Yeshua said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. Yeshua spoke these things, then left and hid himself from them. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 15. And Yeshua said to them, The guest of the bridegroom cannot mourn while the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So these passages and and others are used to form the teaching that those things, the miracles that the Messiah performed, those signs and wonders, are not for today. These are, again, these are a couple passages used to underscore that, to say, see, there were certain things that were only happening while the Messiah was here on earth. I mean, clearly those passages are not being used in their context, but the idea is that people walked in the light when Yeshua was physically here on earth, and now that he has gone back to the Father, we are in darkness. And we'll not see these things again until he returns. Well, we plainly see signs and miracles occurred after, they're documented, after Yeshua ascended to the right hand of majesty on high. Luke's accounts recorded in the book of Acts reveal many miracles and, of course, the gifts of the Spirit. So, the doctrine would then further explain, well, yeah, because they were eyewitnesses to Yeshua, the apostles. But after they all died, those things ceased to happen. And this would then deny any of the mighty works and signs performed by the hand of Hashem prior to Yeshua being revealed, because they're saying that they happened because Yeshua was here on earth and those who physically witnessed him, eyewitnesses and so forth, or experienced these things from him. So that would that would discount anything that happened prior, any of the miracles that happened prior to Yeshua being revealed here on earth, and anything that has been recorded since he ascended and since after the apostles all died. Just a quick side note, it's a bit of a rabbit trail, but I mean, for, for those, there are many who believe that there are apostles today and I think a clarifying point to my understanding is that the definition of an apostle or an emissary is a first-person witness 
one who saw and heard with their own eyes and ears. The, the modern, common modern definition is one who is a leader over multiple churches, synagogues, or congregations. And this aspect of it does appear to be true of most, if not all, the apostles. I don't know if we have that um, definition for all of the apostles recorded in Scripture. Um, but uh, so there seems to be a connection there with at least some of the apostles of the Master Yeshua. But what set them apart as apostles or emissaries is their first person witness of him and all he did. In any event, again, rabbit trail. I don't believe the idea that these things are not for today as far as miracles, signs, gifts of the Spirit. I don't think that, I don't think that that idea really holds water because there are many well-documented accounts of signs, of healings, and works of God far beyond, that come far and long after the death of the apostles. A very conservative modern preacher, Francis Chan, has reported some incredible happenings since he began ministering in Asia. Many of you are probably familiar with him. He was a pastor of a megachurch. He walked away from it. Um, God had been doing a lot in his life, working on him and what he needed to do. And for many years, Chan did not believe the gifts of the Spirit were for today. He just figured that's done away with. Since he has started serving in Asia, he has changed his tune. I will say Hashem has changed his tune. He reported miraculous healings including sight being restored to the blind in a village that had never heard of the Creator, Hashem. They had uh, never, certainly, heard the name of Yeshua or Jesus. He presented a message to them with an altar call, repent, the kingdom is at hand. And the people were hesitant. They, weren't, they were unsure what they were supposed to do or what they should believe. Chan prayed to the Father to help bring something to, to, to bring these people to faith, show his, to show his power. And through Chan laying hands on many of these people and praying over them, the Father worked through that to include, I believe, the first person who came up was like a four or five-year-old child born blind. He prayed for that child and sight was restored. He also shares that he was in a village that spoke a dialect of Chinese for which there was no interpreter. No one in the village spoke English and none of the people with him spoke that dialect of Chinese. So he stood up and presented his message completely in English, hoping they might be able to just catch something out of what he was saying. The people not only heard and responded to the message, there were some who reported hearing him in their own language. That's straight out of the book of Acts, my friends. And to me, that, that re reveals and reinforces what that gift is all about, that gift of speaking in tongues. He spoke in his language and they understood in their own language. The people, again, 
hearing him, hearing him that way. This, I just, God ain't done yet, people. <laughs> I don't believe he's done with doing all these things. So back to the question. Why don't we see these things more frequently today? And it seemed like it was commonplace in what's recorded in the scripture. So let's take a look at another common explanation. It's because your faith is weak. Now, no one likes to hear that, do they? Well, God would heal you if your faith was stronger. Your circumstances would be better if you just believed more, if you trust harder. And this idea gets quickly dismissed by most modern teachers and preachers. I think in a lot of cases, it's maybe done out of discomfort and feeling a little bit awkward and not wanting this person to feel bad or sad about their about their faith. Um, but, you know, it's done to protect also. But should should this be so readily refuted that your faith has influence on what you experience as far as any type of miracles or healings? Should it be so readily refuted? Matthew chapter 13, verses 57 through 58. And they took offense at him. But Yeshua said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own house. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The faith of the individual seems to be important. However, there is a specific context to what the master is saying here. There's a specific application to this. He went to his earthly hometown, and the people who knew him from the neighborhood, they were skeptical of him. Isn't this the son of Joseph, the carpenter? And so on. Questions like that. Doubting. So these were not people who had put faith in Yeshua as the Messiah and then didn't have uh, you know, healings or, or miracles, experiencing signs. They didn't believe in him as the Messiah, the son of the living God. They didn't trust in him at all. They were doubting. They were skeptical. And with few exceptions, no great works were done in that town, except, as, as I said, not, not, or, uh, he did not do many mighty works there. And in Mark, it says the uh, same thing. It says that uh, some, a few were healed when he laid his hands on them. But for the most part, they didn't receive because of their unbelief. Then are these things dependent on the faith of the person in need of the miracle? Are, is it solely dependent on that? Let's read from Mark chapter 5. We'll start at verse 24. So Yeshua went off with him. And a big crowd was following him and pressing upon him. And there was a woman with a blood flow for 12 years who had suffered much under many doctors. She had spent all that she had without benefit. Instead, she grew worse. When she heard about Yeshua, she came through the crowd from behind and touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I touch even his clothes, I shall be healed. Right away, the blood flow stopped. And she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. At once, Yeshua, knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples responded, 
You see the crowd pressing upon you, and you say, Who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done this. But the woman, scared and shaking, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in shalom and be healed from your disease. Your faith has made you well or whole. Now we read this in multiple instances of the master. He makes this statement. Your faith has made you well. Now, when I have believed for healing for myself or for others, even my children, if it didn't come or it didn't happen instantly or in the manner in which I expected it, does that mean my faith was inadequate or weak? Perhaps. Perhaps not. What do we see as the reasons for miracles recorded in the scriptures? I would say a consistent theme is for people to see and recognize that Hashem is the Almighty One. Throughout the signs and miracles, including the plagues of the Exodus, Adonai reveals these things are happening, that the children of Israel would believe in him, and that Pharaoh and the Egyptians would also recognize him as the Most High, seeing him and knowing that he is above all of their pantheon of gods, that Hashem is the Most High, as they witness his power, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. So we see the power of Hashem on display to set his people free throughout the scriptures. He rescues them. We also read of his people being taken into captivity by ruthless pagan nations. And I'd have to believe that there were at least a remnant of his people praying and trusting in his hand to protect them from being exiled. And all that, all that and all that goes along with being taken into exile. There, I'm certain that there were people praying for God's deliverance from that happening. And yet, they were taken captive anyway. Was their faith not strong enough? We read the account of a blind man where the disciples ask the master, who sinned to cause his blindness? Whose, whose sin was it? Was it his or his parents? And the master tells them it wasn't the sin of the man or his parents that caused his blindness, but that the father would be glorified. Then Yeshua opens the man's eyes to see. So one thing we always have to take into consideration is that Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God, is sovereign. As he spoke to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and compassion on whom I have compassion. In this, what we think or believe would be best for ourselves or for others may not reconcile with what the Most High wills. His ways are not our ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Bottom line, he is the king of the universe. We are his subjects. None of us sit on that throne. It is his. Another question then. Why do we desire to experience or witness the miraculous to include the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit? 
Is it to confirm our own faith? To prove to others the power of Hashem? Because if they see it, then they'll have to believe. Is it because we believe God should remove all pain, discomfort, and suffering? Well, at least for people close to us on whom we would like to have mercy and compassion? Let's read more of the Master's words from Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. Now the Pharisees and Sadducees came up, and testing Yeshua, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. But he replied to them, When evening comes, you say, Fair weather coming, for the sky is red. And in the morning, stormy weather today, for the sky is red and gloomy. You know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times? An evil and adulterous generation clamors for a sign, yet no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And leaving them behind, he went away. Yeshua says this a couple of times. An evil or wicked and adulterous generation seeks or clamors for a sign. We want proof for our faith. I'll believe in you if... dot dot dot. Similar to when the rich man was crying out from Sheol, the place of the dead, and asking, asking Abraham to send Lazarus, the poor man, back from the dead. And, and Abraham answered, they have, they have Moses and they have the prophets. They can't believe that. They're not even going to believe someone who's returned from the dead. But I'll believe in you if... Or, or the other side of that is, I believe in you, so won't you do me a solid here and handle this situation for me because I'm, I'm yours, I believe in you, so you should just go ahead and do this for me. Thanks. Good looking out. In some ways, it comes back, that comes back to the whole genie in the bottle mentality, which is so often taught. And I, I know it's not referred to as that because if it was, I think more people would be like, hey, that's, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that. But it's, a, it's predominant, certainly in the prosperity movement, but it, it has seeped into the mainstream church as well. It's in virtually every denomination and sect of Christianity, the, um, the mindset of how to get God to move on our behalf, how to get him to do our will when we're supposed to be focused on doing his will. Remember the words of Messiah to his disciple Thomas. Because you have seen, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and believe. Faith goes beyond our five senses. I believe there are people who will only come to faith by witnessing some type of miracle or sign. Like the examples that I shared that, that Francis Chan reported. I believe those things were necessary for those specific groups of people. In a nation, America, where we have religious freedoms and easy access to the scriptures, maybe these signs are not as necessary. Or maybe we're so quick to grab Advil or call our doctor... We rely less on the hand of Adonai, and our faith is weakened. Possibly. Something to consider. Another thought is, 
when something that is deemed miraculous happens, there are many folks who flock to that preacher or congregation, and they lose sight of the fact that it is the Most High, El Elyon, who does these things by his hand, not that person. It's not because of that specific location. Or maybe we want to see if the people of this church or group, maybe they do things differently, which cause these miracles to happen, which would then say it's formulaic. If we do or say certain things in a specific manner, we can then move the hand of the Almighty to do mighty works and signs on our behalf. And I think that that's a dangerous place to go. And obviously, that would seek to diminish or even deny the sovereignty of Adonai. It's not about his will. It's about my will and me manipulating him to do, thing, do the things that I think he should be doing. When I think of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they were being thrown into the furnace for refusing to bow to an image of Nebuchadnezzar, they said that they knew Hashem was able to deliver them from the furnace. But if not, they would never bow to any other. We know Hashem has and can perform signs and wonders. But if not, if we don't witness them, it does not change who he is and it does not diminish my faith in him through Yeshua. We have written accounts of many miraculous occurrences to include what the master declared, in the, which was the sign of Jonah that we, from a passage we just read a few moments ago. We have these miraculous signs. Yeshua was, the sign of Jonah was revealed in him as he was in the heart of the earth three days and three nights and was raised from the dead. We have records of that sign with the creation narrative and all we read there, the flood, the birth and lives of the patriarchs, the exodus and all involved in it. Undersized armies experiencing victories over the greatest military powers on the planet. The words of the prophets and then the fulfilling of them. The miraculous birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Yeshua the Messiah. The healings, the people set free from prisons, and so much more encapsulated in the scriptures. What more do we need? I believe that in our seeking instant or big miracles... We, we take for granted the miracles performed by the Most High daily. And I use air quotes when, I, when, when saying big miracles because we seem to place a higher value on some of his works than others, whereas all are signs of who he is. I like what C.S. Lewis says about miracles. Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the very same story which is written across the whole world in letters too large for some of us to see. The reality is we ignore the big miracles which the Almighty does daily. They're too big for us to see or acknowledge or, or we just take them for granted. We marvel over Yeshua turning water into wine instantly at a wedding. God has been doing this since creation. 
water goes into the ground, is drawn in by the roots of a vine. Grapes are produced, which is turned into wine. The sun rises and sets. We get a cut and it heals the way God created it, the body to heal. These are miracles which the most high, of the most high. And many of us take these for granted. They're, they're commonplace now, so it's no big deal. I want to see something bigger. I want to see something more. Now take into consideration the miracle of changed lives that so many of us have witnessed. Even our own testimony in our own changed lives. Is that not miracle enough? What God has done in and for you through the Messiah Yeshua. People who were lost but then are found. They were blind but now see. They were dead but now are alive because of the work the Father has done through the Messiah Yeshua. I am blessed and grateful in my work. I get a front row seat. Honestly, I get to witness, to frequently witness people being set free from the chains of addiction. People becoming new creations in the Messiah. I see the hand of Hashem moving in people's lives. I am so grateful and blessed that I get to witness that. Are these things not enough for us? Are we petulant children who only want more? I pray not. I pray we will learn to be, as the Apostle Paul stated, content no matter what state we are in, being content and trusting Hashem. And one final thought on why we might not hear an audible voice from Hashem, why we might not witness miraculous healings, experience the gifts of the Spirit on demand, or see the greater signs and wonders we read of in the Scriptures that we look for. Perhaps it is God's mercy that some of us do not experience these things. How would that be mercy? What do you believe would be the accountability and responsibility of one who is involved in the performing of or witnessing or experiencing these things? An entire generation, save two, who witnessed the incredible, mighty, miraculous works of Adonai, died in the wilderness, never entering the land of promise. In spite of all they had seen, they saw the miracles, firsthand witnesses, and they still questioned, doubted, and complained. There is a higher level of responsibility to those who witness such things. We see it in the scriptures. We read of Adonai speaking directly with certain people and not just speaking to their hearts or a leading of the spirit. And that's not to, to, to mock those things, but it was more than that. He spoke to them specific words that they heard. They were in communion, in fellowship, in conversation with the Most High. And so it was beyond just that internal heart check. He spoke directly to them. And whether that was through his angel or other means, I'm not 100% certain. 
but they knew they were hearing the voice of the Most High, Adonai Elohim. People like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the prophets, and so on. They are all held to a much higher accountability than the average person. We see daily the wholesale works of the hand of the Most High, and we want to see more. If or when we see more, will that then become commonplace and we insist on more? Will we continue to grumble and complain? Will we doubt when the genie doesn't grant our wish? Perhaps it is indeed great mercy that we do not all see these things. Blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. Study to show yourselves approved of God. I thank you for your time. Please continue to share these teachings. I appreciate all of you who do. That's one of the one of the uh, statistics that came back from Spotify on the uh, on my podcast is it, it is one of the most statistically shared podcasts in the world like in the top 15%. And of course, that's per capita. I understand how it works with the, the listenership that I have. But you folks share. And I am super grateful for that, for that. And I ask that you would continue to do that. Share them with, with loved ones. There is a lost and dying world who desperately need to know of the incredible sign and miracle of the Son of the Holy One, blessed be He, coming to earth, revealing how we are to live, atoning for our sin, receiving the punishment due to us because of our sin, dying our death, and being raised by the power of the Almighty, that we may live in a new life. Repent, the kingdom is at hand. When people hear and respond to the gospel, we witness the miracle of recreation, new birth, new life in Messiah Yeshua. Let's go out and give him heaven. And until next time, may the favor our master Yeshua the Messiah found in the eyes of Hashem be upon you and all your household. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, be and reign in your hearts and minds in Messiah Yeshua. Chain Shalom. Grace and peace.